nursing industry is one of the fastest growing career forces in the world today. There are so many issues in the healthcare field these days relating to nurses that simply are not discussed in the media. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with Leanne Meyer. Our program will help you with the most relevant information if you're in the nursing field or are planning to enter the industry. Now, here is your host, Leanne Meyer. Welcome back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing, and thank you for joining us. I am Leanne Meyer, and today I wanted to announce, um, very exciting for me, that our latest sponsor is actually Kara Lunsford of Holly Blue, uh, the nurse community app, which is for and about nurses. So on the app, you will find resumes, tools to help stay organized, professional opportunities, community support peer support, nurses as the lifeblood of healthcare, self-empowerment, and self-care tips uh, on the app. Their motto is hollyblue.com, a community where nurses thrive. I love it. I am so excited to be working with Karen with her, her group. So October is Mental Health Month. And those of you who listen regularly know this is a huge concern for me regarding healthcare workers dealing with moral trauma nearly every day during COVID. Another important issue to me is hearing from young nurses and giving them a forum to discuss their experiences in the profession and reasons for burnout and leaving the profession. That is why I am so happy today to welcome to our show, Emily Mazurak, who is a young nurse who not only addressed her burnout issues, but provided a path for others to follow with um, what she's calling the Fill Up Your Cup project. And um, she is a delightful young woman, uh, a resilient addition to the nursing profession. Join, uh, welcome her with me to our conversation about taking our happiness into our own hands. So uh, Emily Masaryk, thank you so much for being here. And tell us a little yes. bit about, sure, tell us a little bit about your history. How did you get into nursing? And then how did you, um, tell a little about your story of the burnout and getting to, uh, coming up with an idea to um, relieve it? Sure. Well, thanks so much for having me on. I, I really appreciate being able to talk about my own experience, like you said, as a young nurse and creating the Fill Up Your Cup project. So I'm actually a second degree student. My background is in social work and public health. So nursing just seemed um, like a great fit. I was actually in the middle of my grad, grad program and realized that I should have just gone into nursing. Mm. And as a second degree student, I feel like we have such um, diverse backgrounds, not only with the age of students, but also the backgrounds that we all bring to the table. For instance, I went to school with a woman who had been an architect for 20 years before becoming a nurse. And I think we bring all of those real life experiences and um, those organizational tools with us, not only to studying in this crazy four semester accelerated program, but finally once we actually <laughs> wow. get onto, uh, onto the units. Yeah. 
And um, before I go into the rest of my story, one story that I always love to tell, on my first day of nursing school, I had a professor mention that medicine treats the disease that a person might have, mm-hmm. but nursing really treats the response um, that a person has to a specific disease. And I think that's something that I've taken with me throughout my nursing career, and I love to tell my mentees and um, the students or people that I'm working with about that, um, just a good a good message for us nurses to have. But once I finally finished this crazy program, I was really holding out for a pediatric job. And after a few months, I just couldn't find anything. So my first year was actually on an adult med surge job. And a lot of us nurses have this um, kind of nursing intuition, right? Your nursing gut. And during the interview for the job I eventually took, the manager had mentioned that she didn't write a recommendation for anybody unless you had been there for two years. And right away, my kind of nursing gut went off, even though I was still a young nurse, but I figured I could survive two years and then kind of see what, uh, what happened or what would happen to me next. And truthfully, I only lasted 11 months. Um, I felt like I had an orientation program that really, um, kind of prepared me to work on the floor. I was a part of a new graduate program, but just the culture that that unit had wasn't serving who I really wanted to become as a nurse or where I saw myself in the profession. And honestly, I wanted to get back to pediatrics. Uh, So I ended up applying to a job anywhere in pediatrics and ended up in the pediatric ICU, which I had never seen myself as an ICU nurse, um, but fell in love with it, the critical care, uh, the fast-paced nature of it. And um, I was fortunate enough for the majority of my ICU career to really be a part of a team. I think that's something very important, no matter what field of nursing you're in, being able to create a coworker or a community with your coworkers that you can really lean on. Exactly. And in the kind of and in the latter part of my ICU career, I was a travel nurse and realized that while it was great to see the country, I was really somebody that valued stability and having roots and, you know, knowing my coworkers when I walked in the door. And I started to interview for more permanent positions. And oddly enough, denial is a great thing. And I actually was forced to come uh face-to-face with my own burnout while I was in the middle of an interview. Uh, The nurse manager had mentioned different programs that they were running for their staff and how they were preventing burnout. And as she was listing off the symptoms, I realized that I had five of the eight symptoms, right? Everything Uh, from anxiety before work, not sleeping well, um, starting to socially isolate and not see family and friends as often. And I realized that I needed to make a change. And if I didn't change quickly, my nursing career, especially having only been in the field for maybe five or six years at this point, was going to be over, right? All of that hard work, um, all of those people that I had met, all of um, the experiences I had, you know, would be over before I knew it. And that's when I started to put myself first. I had never been someone who grad gravitated towards personal development. In fact, I probably was the opposite. Um, I kind of stayed away, kept it at an arm's length. But over the last year and a half, I've realized that um, for myself as a nurse and also for this community, that we need to start pouring into ourselves first, right? Putting ourselves first and being able to re-energize and find the things that we love, especially on our days off, um, because that's the only way that we're going to have a sustainable career in any type of medicine, I think, no matter what, um, what specialty you're in. 
And that's what really launched me into creating the Fill Up Your Cup project. Um, just tools and resources and being able to start the conversations like we'll be having today um, just to allow nurses to realize that it's okay to not put their profession first and to identify as other things than just being a quote-unquote real nurse um, in the future. How would they find the Fill Up Your Cup project if they were looking for it? Sure. Um, so I mainly am on Instagram. Um, I'm Emily dot Mazurak, M-A-Z-U-R-A-K. But I also have a website up. It's um, www.fillupyourcupproject.com. Okay. So that should be easy to remember. To find me. Yes. I was trying to go for easy. <laughs> and I feel yes, like right. so often we use Right. And I feel like so often we use the phrase, you know, you need to fill up your cup or what are you doing to yeah. fill up your cup? It just uh, it just kind of clicked in my brain. And I was like, oh, that would be a great, a great, uh, a great name for me to use. That's actually um, the once a nurse, always a nurse uh, <clears throat> was kind of a similar thing where I kept thinking about what I could call it and going round and round. And that kept coming back to me as being one thing that every nurse could relate to. And ever since, mm -hmm. uh, in fact, today, I just had somebody sent me a message on LinkedIn saying, yes, once a nurse, always a nurse. That's the right uh, message. So um, go right. back a little bit. You um, mentioned on that med surge floor that you felt like the culture was not uh, really what you wanted uh, as far as being able to grow, and grow into your future. Say more about that because mm -hmm. I think a lot of either seasoned nurses or managers really don't get what's, what's wrong. Why are these young nurses leaving when we're such a great group? So I think it was a multifaceted problem, and I feel like that's, usually the case, right? It's usually not just one thing. And I think mm -hmm. it really started up with management. Um, I almost never saw my manager. And the only time she did ever step foot on the floor was when we were having some kind of an issue or we had gotten dinged by the hospital or um, we had some kind of a fall, right? So there was never that positive reinforcement. You know, I never mm -hmm. saw her helping to turn patients or, you know, jumping in when we were super understaffed. And I think as a young nurse, we always kind of strive towards a sense of community, or at least I always have, and mm -hmm. being able to see a manager who's not afraid to kind of roll up their sleeves and get dirty and, you know, maybe push some of that paperwork aside to be able to kind of show their more human side. I think that's super important for me and can definitely trickle down into um, into a unit or a unit culture. Right. Um, one of the things, too, I think for new, especially new nurses, um, but most of us, uh, I've talked about this before, I've, I've trained with um, Myers-Briggs, and what they uh, have often said is, is 80% of the people attracted to healthcare in general tend to be sensing and feeling. And that feeling mm -hmm. especially is that need to know, am I on the right track? And they want feedback. And I think also maybe right. millennials, that's, that's been something that's been true too, is give me some feedback. Because if you don't provide feedback, I'm going to fill in a negative. Um, and it seems right. like nurses in general have a tendency to do that too. So um, yeah, was that something that was true for you too, that that was part of what you wanted was some positives and negatives? Like, where do I need to improve? Yeah. 
A hundred percent. I think I saw my manager, I think we had a six month check-in and um, we went over the things that I was doing well and needed to improve on. And, you know, some of that comes with just being a new nurse, right? You shouldn't be expected Mm -hmm. to know everything. You're not going to be perfect every time you walk onto a shift, but, you know, I was very good at knowing who my resources were. So um, I think around that six month mark, right, that definitely helped to boost my confidence. But as I walked further and further away from uh, from that um, kind of initial chat that we had, I think I was lacking some of that feedback. And while, yes, it is great to get it from your coworkers, it's also, I think, nice to hear from um, from unit leaders um, or hospital right. leaders, just things that you on a personal level are doing well, but also as the unit as a whole, right? Um, mm-hmm. I think that was one of the things that was definitely lacking where unit-based, everything we did was wrong, right? We never had anything positive coming from our manager. And every time you see her, right, you kind of had in the back of your head, okay, what have we done wrong now? How are we in trouble? Um, And I think over time that just wears and wears and uh, everybody needs a little bit of positive feedback. You know, I wasn't expecting it every day, but, you know, at least maybe to see my manager once a week, once every other week, I think would have helped to boost morale, especially with um, the younger nurses on our unit. Right. I absolutely agree because, you know, you'll work 10 times harder for a positive than you will for always mm-hmm. getting like, you know, lashed. Um, right. And I, I really think I, I worked for a manager for a while that I came so close to quitting. I mean, really, really close. And in fact, within five minutes of quitting. <laughs> and um, she, her personality was just so completely different from mine. She couldn't understand. I kept saying, I want more feedback. And she couldn't understand, you know, yeah, well, I'll tell you when you're doing something wrong. And if you're not, assume you're doing right. something right. And it took forever for her to get that through her head that I needed the positives and the negatives and that that was, mm-hmm. it, it was okay for her to give me negatives. So she started Uh, When she would be out at meetings or something, people would comment about myself or some of the other staff. And she started coming back and telling us, oh, by the way, Dr. So-and-so just mentioned in a meeting that you helped him with such and such. And oh, my Mm -hmm. gosh. I mean, that was just so wonderful to know that not only was I doing okay on the floor, but enough that somebody remembered me and passed that on, you know, in a different location. So um, you you had sent me some bullet points or some thoughts about what managers could do that actually would help nurses more. Would you talk about some of those a little bit? Sure. Um, so I think, like I mentioned before, I have always respected managers a lot more when I see them on the unit, right? And not necessarily because I'm drinking a, a cup of coffee at my computer station, <laughs> but I can remember specific instances where I had a manager help me pass out meds or help me give mm-hmm. a patient a bath or um, sat and watched my patients while I took a lunch break. And again, I think just showing that more human side that gets so lost, I think, in management and behind the scenes is great to see, especially um, as a young nurse, right, that they're willing to get roll their sleeves up and get their hands dirty, so to say. And another, another part of I, that, Emily, is um, that's a training point. You know, if you know you have a new grad RN, you can come on and, you know, maybe she's struggling with the number of patients and not quite sure how to organize. Um, being able mm-hmm. to step in, I, I used to have a, a night supervisor who would come at the worst possible times. And then she would just make me take a deep breath and go through what do you actually have going on? What can you and your team Mm -hmm. handle? What do you need from myself or somebody else? Do we need to call somebody in? She would make me go through 
each of the patients and where we were mm -hmm. at. And many times it wasn't, you know, my first thought was get somebody here, we need help. But often another body who doesn't know what to do to help is not a help. So she really helped right. me think that through uh, in, you know, deciding when is it most advantageous to either have somebody from the previous shift stay or maybe call somebody mm -hmm. in early. So give us another one. Oops, I'm sorry. Um, and no, that's okay. Just kind of going with what you were saying, just checking in with nurses. I think with new grads, we get so tied up in being so task oriented that we want to make sure everything right. is perfect. Every med is given on time. So helping mm -hmm. to kind of alleviate those fears and those stressors might just be a simple five or 10 minute conversation. And it might be having a manager or who has ever even in charge that day, making sure that everybody gets a lunch break, right? Maybe yes. not necessarily an hour, you know, together, but making sure that they go 30 minutes off the unit, making sure that you give up your phone to whoever your neighbor is or you have a designated person to float. Um, I can definitely remember on a travel assignment, we were always expected to take our phones with us to lunch, and it was a huge long mm. unit. And my patients mm. would, of course, be on one end, and the lunchroom is on the sure. other end. And your phone just shows up as, you know, patient desatting. So now you've got to put your lunch down, run to go check on your patient. And that's not really conducive, right? You don't get to take those 20 or 30 minutes just to kind of shut down and decompress. Um, even if you haven't that's been up. having a hectic day, it's just a good habit to get into is just right. being able to decompress. Um, so you're it's able to show up It's a perfect example of healthcare not taking care of its own employees. Um, and be, because nurses have a tendency to do that to ourselves anyway, uh, you know, if administration right. is encouraging that, it's not not a, a good message to be giving like you said not great culture um, we're actually up against a break so let's um stop for a minute oh, yeah. here and we'll take the break and then we'll come back and talk about a few more of the thoughts you have about um, how managers and other staff could help nurses so this is once a nurse great. always a nurse exploring the world of nursing and we're talking today about fill up your cup nurses and Emily Mazarak is a radiology nurse three currently. And um, we have been talking about all kinds of aspects of new nurses and what they need. We'll be right back. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv. Just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise WomenInHealthcare.org, a national nonprofit, is our newest partner at Once a Nurse. It is among the most rapidly growing professional development groups for women in healthcare today. Through healthcare education, professional development, mentorship, community, and a focus on self, the organization empowers women with the tools needed to advance their careers. They use initiatives to break down barriers within organizations and equip women with the tools needed to open a powerful force for gender parity. 
80% of the healthcare workforce is female, with nurses a massive majority of that percentage. But less than 20% of leadership is female. Join womeninhealthcare.org as they help all women of all ages and all levels rise up. Use code HEALTHPROS to receive $50 off the annual membership fee and receive discounted pricing for events, free resources, webinars, and a substantial discount for our annual leadership summit on October 22nd, 2020 womeninhealthcare.org to be where you want to be in the world of healthcare. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, Please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Welcome back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, and this is Leanne Meyer. And we're talking about, um, the topic is fill up your cup. And uh, I'm with Emily Masarak. She's a radiology nurse three right now. And um, she has had lots of experiences, or I shouldn't say lots, but experience with burning out and then finding her own way to fill up her own cup and then is sharing that with other people. So we were just talking about what managers and other staff members can do uh, on a unit to welcome and encourage a a newer, younger uh, staff member who is coming into the unit. And I think so many times people just feel like, you know, we're a great unit. We know each other. And, you know, sink or swim. You either work with us or you don't. So um, any other topics? Um, I guess I was mentioning you had mentioned before about making sure people get lunch. And that is such a critical thing um, because your ability to make decisions goes down if you're hungry um, and you're frustrated or whatever else is going on. So when I was a manager and I could see that things were going south, I would order um, lunch for everybody on the unit. And other managers would sometimes say to me, well, I don't have that in my budget. And I always thought, Mm -hmm. well, do you have do you have in your budget to be able to replace that nurse or many more nurses? Um, also, you get a reputation if you aren't giving breaks or making sure that you're looking out for the needs of your staff. Um, when people leave their unit, they also tell others, don't go to that unit. So any other thoughts you have? I think you hit the nail right on the head. Nursing is such a small community that things Mm -hmm. like that get out, right? You don't want to work on this unit because it has, you know, that quote unquote mean girl culture or nobody gets a break. Nobody checks on their neighbors, but it's so easy Mm -hmm. to, well, um, not easy always, but to create that more positive um, environment. Like you said, just simple things is maybe we call out for lunch one day and we check in with all the staff to make sure they at least get 20 minutes to go and eat a sandwich or making right. sure that um, the older nurses, um, especially um, if you're working in pods or kind of down a hallway, maybe checking in with some 
nurses, especially if they seem to be a little bit more frantic, right? And even with experienced mm-hmm. nurses, too, you just sometimes have those shifts, but creating a culture that really relies and allows for teamwork to help one another out, especially if your days seem to be a little bit mismatched, things like that really do get out. Um, when people, I know, especially like we talked before, millennials really like the idea of being a part of community and getting that p- positive feedback. So one of the ways to do that would be to ensure that um, neighbors are just checking on each other, right? Make sure that your neighbor gets to go to lunch, even if it's only for 20 minutes. If they're insistent on taking their phone, make sure that, you know, you take their phone from them before they leave the unit, right? (laughs) You can watch their patients for 20 or 30 minutes. And I think that kind of goes around, right? Once people realize how important and how beneficial that is, I think that will definitely help the community. And hopefully other units might um, kind of hear about what they're doing or things you've been implementing and maybe pushing their managers or uh, some of their more senior staff to start implementing similar things. Yeah. So the welcoming environment, um, one of the things that I had noticed that also that um, we did really good at um, throwing parties and wonderful positive things for people retiring or leaving, but not so good Mm -hmm. on inviting people or welcoming people into the culture. And so that was one of the things when I was teaching new employee orientation, we started calling it new employee welcome and everything Mm -hmm. focused around how do we uh, help welcome uh, people and also encourage people who are coming in to be able to realize, okay, they may not get it, but ask for what you need or want, and that can be helpful too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just allowing people to know where their resources are or who their resources are is sometimes half the battle, especially when starting off, even as an experienced nurse. We talked about uh, self care. Previously, and a lot of people know about, you know, taking a deep breath. Um, I had a manager that used to tell me, you know, if you're really frustrated, go into the bathroom, write down the person's name or whoever it is that's that's really bothering you and write it down as many times on sheets of, of toilet paper as you need and keep flushing them down until you feel like, okay, I've got it. <laughs> and that oh, was such great. a simple thing, but it would make me laugh. And of course, once you start laughing, you know, you can uh, take a whole new perspective on it. Right. Yeah. So what about your head for even 10 seconds? Yeah. What about the mentorship and shadowing? Um, Was that something offered to you or is that something that you would have liked to have had? Um, I was always fortunate. The facilities I've worked in have always been magnet designated. And I feel like part of um, magnet designation Mm -hmm. or things that these hospitals do is to create these either new graduate programs, right? So for your first year, you're in a cohort getting either extra classes or meeting with other people around the hospital. Again, just kind of figuring out how the organization works and how you can fit into it, but also can allow for change. And uh, I've also been a part of mentorship groups. So I did a a trauma fellowship one year. So we had extra trauma credits and we had different shadowing opportunities and different departments in the hospital, but also an outpatient and also a leadership mentorship. And that would be one of my recommendations, especially for newer nurses is you don't necessarily need to, um, be talking with or um, shadowing the CNO, just even a nurse who's maybe mm-hmm. five or six right. years ahead of you um, can be mm-hmm. extremely beneficial, right? They still remember what it's like to be a new nurse because they weren't there too long ago, right? And they've already accomplished mm-hmm. so many things like overcoming that new nurse hurdle and the learning curve that mm-hmm. so many of us have in that first year and figure out, you know, 
or in, are able to tell you what worked for them and what didn't work for them. And also mm-hmm. kind of them looking forward to their career, you know, um, to things that they are looking to accomplish or maybe go back to school or things that they would like to take on as a leadership opportunity. And that might give you some ideas of where you want to take your nursing career or maybe um, you do not want to take your nursing career. So I think that mentorship, if your program or your hospital doesn't have a designated program, find a person either on your unit or someone that you've met and ask them to be if they would be willing to be a mentor. And if they say no, maybe if they have a recommendation. I think nurses are always open to the idea and maybe that person might not be in a great space right now to help you, but maybe in a few months or maybe they know um, a person that would be able to help you. And just to create those um, connections within the hospital can be super beneficial as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You reminded me also that, you know, magnet hospitals, if you're a young nurse or new nurse and you're looking for your your first opportunity, ask the hospital, are they a magnet hospital? Um, Because this Mm -hmm. is uh, a worldwide show uh, that may not be in other countries. I'm not 100% sure. But in the United States, um, magnet hospitals have to fulfill certain Um, uh, regulations, recommendations, and it's all around creating um, a relational organization, uh, relations with patients, with each other, with um, doctors, with other um, departments. It's the kind of thing where they teach and encourage staff to say hello to everyone you meet in the hallway, smile, um, be able to... uh, uh, you know, create a conversation, sit with somebody else in the cafeteria, those kinds of things to create, uh, instead of having um, oppositional things where this unit is mad at that unit or, you know, this this clique of people on the on your own unit is, is um, oppositional to another clique, uh, really taking all of that negative, like you said, the mean girl whole thing, the high school uh, poss- parts mm-hmm. out of it. And magnet hospitals do an excellent job of that and also of training and sort of the things you're talking about. So if you didn't get that in your nursing training, um, you can pick it up with other people who are learning it with you at the same time from maybe the same area. So um, you had also mentioned before about uh, managers working on the floor. And I've always been really blessed to have managers who recognized and understood that they needed, even no matter how busy they were, even if it was just like a morning a week or maybe morning every other week to come and mm-hmm. actually work with with the staff. And it, it allows them to see dynamics that are going on that they might not have been aware of, um, all kinds of things. Plus, it, like you said, it's a pat on the back for the staff. Mm-hmm. And Sometimes I know some units fall into season. So in pediatrics, we tend to get a lot of respiratory illness in the winter. And we would frequently see our managers. I was a part of a very big unit. So we had uh, several different levels of managers, but they were always out there, whether they be a charge nurse or just a circulating nurse to help um, to help relieve staff or breaks or to kind of help transport nurses kind of wherever they could jump in. That's actually another point that if you have an organization that supports the patient first and the staff first, that means they have to support the manager to support the staff and the patients. Um, And again, Mm -hmm. I think sometimes people or organizations think meetings are sacrosanct. 
have to, if there's a meeting, you have to go to it. You have to sit through the whole thing, all of that. And mm-hmm. uh, it just isn't. We really need to go back again to patients as the center and then what's needed to support that center. Right. You you and, mentioned about oh, um, travel, travel nursing. Um, yes. Talk a little bit about that. Sure. Uh, so I was a travel nurse for about a year. Um, and while there were so many great things that I got out of travel nursing, um, you know, I was able to see the country. I was able to see a lot of different PICUs and to see how they operate. Um, mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I realized that I wasn't um, one of those people who was going to travel for five or 10 years. You know, I appreciate some stability in my life, but I know that um, a lot of my friends who have become travel nurses uh, end up taking the same contracts kind of around the same year, which has allowed mm-hmm. them to get to know a lot of the staff, whether it be the doctors or the nurses, um, which has been a really good uh, experience for them as well. So I think it just kind right. of depends on what you're looking for out of the experience. So it's a different type of continuity. I would think that being a travel nurse, you'd really have to step up into that role of advocating for yourself. Was that hard for you? Yes. Um, so for my first contract, it definitely was. Thankfully, I was in a smaller uh, a smaller PICU. But um, if I had any advice for nurses who are starting off as a travel nurse or who are thinking about it, um, I think you need to kind of be honest with what you want out of the experience, right? Are you um, looking to work with a specific kind of patient? Are you looking to make a lot of money through contracts? Are you looking just to work in a new, um, in a specific city? So being able to see what you want, I think, will give you realistic expectations of what you'll be able to get out of your 12 or your 16 week um, commitment and also gaining as much clarity as you can. So usually you have between two and three days of orientation on a unit. And while a lot of the kind of stringing of fluids and turning patients, right, all of that is pretty consistent, everybody does have a little bit of nuances. So what I would recommend is creating any kind of a cheat sheet of important names or numbers, being able to identify that resource person um, because, you know, maybe you just want to clarify something, knowing who to go go to uh, instead of having to call around to five or six different people before you get an answer is going to save you time and it is going to save you a lot of energy and hopefully prevent a little bit of stress (laughs) in your day. Yeah. Yeah, those are all great, um, great things. The thing you said first really touched me, too. As you said, it's really good to be honest about what your expectations are. And I'd like to say Mm -hmm. that that's true for any nurse anywhere, whether you are going to be working on a unit for the rest of your career or you're only going to be there for a few weeks. That's one of the things Mm -hmm. I found most frustrating with nurses that I worked with, and myself too, I'm sure I was doing it too, is that need to be liked and being uh, uh, wanting to be perfect and being afraid to speak Mm -hmm. up and say, I don't really know what that is or I don't know how to do that. Could you explain it to me? Um, Or or just really saying, you know, I'm really struggling with a, a certain personality, you know, any suggestions for me and what I might do to, to handle it positively. Um, so being mm-hmm. honest, um, nobody's perfect. You mentioned that before, the idea that we think we have to be perfect. Absolutely no one is perfect. We each know mm-hmm. what we each know, but we don't know what we don't know. So if people right. are not giving us feedback and helping us uh, find a more positive way forward, we need to notice kind of what what is the energy around us and is there something that we need to check out? 
you know, did I say something that upset you? Did I do something? You know, the relationship with you is really important to me. Um, I'd really appreciate it if you would help me, um, you know, know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I think to be even our nurses that I have admired and I think of as extremely strong nurses are the people that know where their faults are or maybe where Mm -hmm. their knowledge gaps are. And they use that as a launching point. So um, maybe you haven't had a neuro patient in a while and you just want a refresher on having an EDD. So instead of waiting until you've been assigned that patient, you know, maybe seeking one out on the unit and just having a refresher, or, you know, you're not that great at having those hard conversations either with your manager or uh, with a patient and their family even. So maybe being able to talk it through with somebody before you actually have that face-to-face hard conversation. So, um, it's not meant to be, I think, a negative thing to see where your downfalls are, but I think if you look at it more as a way of how you can strengthen yourself and your practice mm-hmm. and your advocacy skills, you will be a much better nurse um, in the long run as well. Yep. I like to think of it instead of what are your failures or what are your downfalls or what are you not good at, more like um, what is your opportunity for growth? Because mm-hmm. some of the things you do really well, you're probably not going to greatly improve those, but it's those things that you're not doing well or you don't understand or you don't feel comfortable with. Those are the ones where you really have the opportunity to grow. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. Yeah. So we are up against a break again, and maybe this is a good time to take it. Um, so this okay. is uh, Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. And I'm Leanne Meyer. I'm here with Emily Mazarak. And we're talking about filling up our cup. Um, Emily is a relatively new nurse. Um, uh, She is a very um, mature and uh, insightful young woman. And so I think she's the perfect person to have on today and talk about these issues. We'll be right back. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. Womeninhealthcare.org, a national nonprofit, is our newest partner at Once a Nurse. It is among the most rapidly growing professional development groups for women in healthcare today. Through healthcare education, professional development, mentorship, community, and a focus on self, the organization empowers women with the tools needed to advance their careers. They use initiatives to break down barriers within organizations and equip women with the tools needed to open a powerful force for gender parity. 80% of the healthcare workforce is female, with nurses a massive majority of that percentage. But less than 20% of leadership is female. Join womeninhealthcare.org as they help all women of all ages and all levels rise up. Use code HEALTHPROS to receive $50 off the annual membership fee and receive discounted pricing for events, free resources, webinars, and a substantial discount for our annual leadership summit on October 22, 2020. Women to be where you want to be in the world of healthcare. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. 
Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Welcome back, and thanks for uh, being with us today. This is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing. I'm Leanne Meyer, and I'm here today with Emily Mazarak, and or Marzarak, I think I'm saying that wrong. Um, and she developed a, a um, website called Fill Up Your Cup uh, Project. And, and the things we're talking about today are some of the things that she discovered in um, her years as being a young nurse and a new nurse. And what are the things she either wished she had or uh, did have that was helpful. So one of the things that really impressed me when I started uh, first talked to uh, Emily was that she got... A very important point about we are, each individual person is in charge of their own happiness. And we get that on some theoretical level, but when somebody does something that, you know, cuts us off on the freeway or whatever, we feel that we have the right to be angry and we're just going to go for it. Um, And that cuts off our own happiness. So, Emily, could you talk about some of your thoughts on on your how to create and maintain your own happiness? Sure. Um, I think you kind of nailed it there. Joy is definitely one of the hardest emotions for humans to hold on to, and there have been tons of research studies about that, where you're having a great day. Um, it could be almost to the end of shift, and that you know something happens at 6.30, quarter of 7, right before you're about to leave, and instead of remembering all of the great things you had accomplished all day long, you're now focused on that one negative thing or that one negative conversation, and that's just how our brains are programmed, right? We're always programmed to look for the bad or to focus on the worst-case scenario, And one of the things that I've been able to really integrate into my practice over the last year and a half, two years, is um, if I do have something negative happen to me, looking at what can I learn from this experience or how can I grow from this experience. And I think that that helps to change what could be a very negative situation into uh, maybe not the best, you know, maybe not the happiest situation, but at least you can have something positive coming out of it, right? Um, If you had a a hard conversation that didn't go the way that you wanted, to maybe find the one or two moments that went really well and maybe one thing that you'll take with you into the next conversation or um, I think that's kind of the best example that usually happens when you're when you're working as a nurse or uh, no matter what setting that you're having just being able to to flip the table to look at how you can improve yourself and um, really celebrating the wins in the moment so ignoring that one bad thing or kind of looking past that one negative thing that happened and celebrating all of, you know, the five or six things that you did really well or that you were able to do for your patient that day. Yeah, and a lot of us, you know, feel like, yeah, well, all those nice things, they were great, but, you know, this one person really knows that I'm not on top of things or, you know, we we kind of, um, I used to do that when I first started teaching. You know, you get the smile sheets that people turn back in the the um, mm-hmm. what they 
uh, whatever. Uh, and you can get, I've had classes where I've had 75 people in the room and, you know, 73 of them were just glowing, wonderful, absolutely fabulous. But there'd be two people or one person that would have some nasty right. thing to say. And even though in the back of your head, you know, well, you know, you got to look at the room and what was going on for this person. And so from that, I came into the, the th- feeling of like perspective, that perspective is reality, or at least it's our reality, mm-hmm. and that we can change our perspective. So a lot of times people mm-hmm. feel like reality is like, it's there, it's in stone, it can't be changed. And the, re- the reality is that we actually, you know, there's like our day or our life is, uh, is a, a, a long um I'm losing the the word I'm looking for, but where you have on one far end of it, uh, the worst thing that can happen on the other far end of it is the best thing that can happen. And most of us uh, live most of our lives somewhere in between. And so Mm -hmm. wherever we are is how we choose to look at whatever is going on. So if we're on a really positive end of our our scale, um, we tend to see things in a more positive light and we're on the negative end of the scale we tend to look at things really negatively so I think it's a real skill to learn uh, as an adult how to make sure you know when you're being swayed by perspective and is there Mm -hmm. anything you can do to change that perspective does that bring up any um, experiences you've had that maybe where that was the case so I think that um, all of us want all these things to happen instantaneously, right? We want our minds to always be focused on joy, and I definitely think it's a, a learning curve, right, um, mm-hmm. and celebrating how fast you're able to kind of come out of that negative loop you were just talking about. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm still working on it, right? All of us are, are still working mm-hmm. on that. And I can remember recently – Yeah, right. So, you know, no matter, you know, how old you are, how long you've been a nurse, even if you're not a nurse, I think this is definitely applicable to whatever you're doing, um, both in your professional and personal life. And I remember I had this incident with, um, with a provider, I was fairly new to a unit and everything I did couldn't be right. Like, um, I couldn't put the blood pressure cuff on fast enough. The pulse ox wasn't picking up. The patient was screened. I mean, and after yeah. about four hours, I, I thought I was holding it together quite well when, again, denial being a great thing. And I had this great manager, and she just looked at me, and she said, hey, how are you going? I've heard you've had a rough day. And I just kind of broke down sobbing mm-hmm. in the middle of the hallway in the hospital, in a very busy hallway in the hospital. And at that point, I was, you know, lowest of the low, right? I could think of nothing that I had done well. I had just Mm -hmm. been yelled at consistently for four hours. And I I honestly didn't know how I was going to turn the day around, right? I still had half of my shift. And my manager, who was great, she said, go to lunch. We will figure out how to cover your patients. Don't worry about it. And I went up and I sat in, uh, we had this great garden, that serenity garden Mm. at the hospital at the time. And, um, still crying my eyes out in the corner, of course, but um, I think I just kind of was starting to replay those moments. And I had learned about this technique to like find at least one positive, right? And Mm -hmm. the positive that I had was the patient went through the sedated case and ended up fine. The patient was safe. Everything worked out well. Like the patient was okay. And this mishap that I had had with this provider was um, extremely, 
extremely unfortunate. And it was a conversation that I was then able to have with my manager. And it turned out that this was kind of a common thing that had happened. So one of the positive was that, you know, I was able to not push down my feelings. I was able to be very real in the moment. I had a patient get through the procedure fine. And we really were able to start this conversation about how we can prevent this from happening on the unit um, in the past and bringing in the provider and the provider supervisor. So I don't think that that conversation would have happened. Yeah. So I don't think that that kind of conversation would have happened if I just, um, you know, waited until the end of the day, started crying in my car and drove home frustrated and just showed up to work, probably not in a great headspace the next day, but, you know, show work, uh, showed up and put a smile on my face. So I think, yes, I had a crummy day, but um, again, not my best, but I was able to find those few moments. And when I look back on that day, I'm also able to remember those positive moments in an otherwise um, kind of bad situation. Okay, Emily, you were already pretty high on my ladder of respect, and you just went up to the top of the ladder. Um, so few people will deal with conflict, and um, especially when it's uneven power. So you've got the provider, and then you've got the nurse um, who's feeling like, okay, I just have to take whatever this person dishes out, and I can't say anything about it. And my mm-hmm. experience in many, many years, and a lot more than than you were at when you realized that, um, is that uh, many times the providers, and especially if they're men, have a tendency to look down on nurses if they just let them walk over the top of them. And so they see it as mm-hmm. like a, a emotional release for them to start yelling at somebody who's not going to yell back. And, um, right. you know, I don't know what it gains for them, but, it, you know, maybe it makes feels like power, I'm not sure. But it's devastating for that nurse. But the power comes mm-hmm. back when you can go back to that individual and, you know, probably not that day, you know, again, going to your manager, right, yeah. talking with them, working it through in your own mind, what could have been going on for that person. You know, can I approach that person not angrily or accusingly, but in more of a way that says, um, you know, that was a really hard day for me. And I'm going to guess that Mm -hmm. you didn't intend to be as hard on me as you were. I'm wondering if you could tell me what was going on for you. And sometimes then, you know, they may just like unload on you with this whole, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. you know, my, this was going on, that was going on. And, you know, I just lost a patient at another hospital and whatever else. And you're right. I didn't right. mean to take it out on you. And I meant to come back and apologize. And I never did. And so then all of a sudden now you've got a connection, you have a relationship with that person that the next time that you're in a situation together, they're going to remember, okay, this person was brave enough to come and talk to me and work out this mm-hmm. this problem. Now, you know, anytime you call, they're going to say, oh, Emily, great to hear from you. What can I do for you? Uh, and, and so once I, I became think... a manager, I started teaching nurses that, and they would look at me like I was absolutely out of my mind. Right. <laughs> yeah. So did you ever have training in how, oops, I just realized we're, we're coming to the end of the show here. Yeah. And so what I wanted, to, I'm having so much fun. I feel like, you know, we're just talking. Um, right. So I'm wondering if there's anything that you really want nurses to get all around the world. If there's one thing you really want them to get and then mention again about your website. Sure. Um, One thing that uh, I think will definitely serve nurses, both new and old, is just remembering that the phrase, 
no is a complete sentence. I think as nurses, we are so bad at creating boundaries that mm-hmm. we want to be people pleasers and do everything to everyone, right? We want to pick up the extra overtime so our unit is in short staffed. We want to be able to help um, our family, you know, do whatever they need to get done on our days off. And uh, so often, because we're doing so much for other people, we forget that we need to take time out for ourselves. So just remembering um, that no no is a complete sentence. Um, if your manager asks you to pick up overtime, even though you've already worked, you know, a 60-hour week, you're allowed to tell them no, and you don't need to give them any other uh, reason, right? Um, so just it's a useful tool to start, you know, standing up for yourself and your time and your um, and your energy. That and that, again, so comes wise. with practice. That's, like, not, yeah. not an easy thing to do the first time out the bat, but it does get easier with time and just um, remembering that in the long run, if you want to um, – be the nurse that you want to be and show up for your patients and for the rest of the people in your life. You need to start taking care of yourself and uh, filling up your own cup, as I like to say. (laughs) Right. And filling up a cup is different for each person. So, you know, it's okay to do it in whatever way works for you. One of the things um, I think about is writing myself into my own schedule um, so that if somebody Mm -hmm. says, hey, you know, on your on your weekend off, you want to come and move me. And you're like, no, I don't want to spend my time doing that. Yeah. So you can just say, oh, you know, I've got that weekend booked. And you don't have to explain right. why or what's going on, anything like that. It's it's fine. Right. So we are at the end here. And um, I just wanted to um, thank you so very much for joining us today and sharing some great yeah, personal and sometimes painful issues that you've experienced. <laughs> but by doing that, um, you are not not only helping young nurses, but you're also helping seasoned nurses with similar issues. So thank you. Yes, thanks for having me on. This was great. You're welcome. So I started this show by saying October is Mental Health Month. Good mental health is critical for our country. It has been critical for a very long time, but was easy for some to sweep the realities and the needs under the rugs, including political administrations of both sides that have been willing to slice these budgets and push these needs back in favor of more important political wins. The reality is that a huge percentage of our citizens either suffer from mental health issues themselves or know a friend or family member close to them who does. The suicide rate of nurses, not to mention all other healthcare workers, is absolutely unacceptable. According to Alana Alana Akhtar in the Business Insider on August 20th, 2019, she said that uh, researchers had found uh, a suicide incidence of 12 per 100,000 people among women who are nurses and eight per 100,000 American women in general. So a considerable difference in how um, suicide is impacting in our country. COVID is putting a moral trauma strain on hospital employees and other employees too all around the world. Um, Now we're learning that the distance schooling for children and college students will very likely cause mental health deficits for those people in coming years or could. Everyone is looking for help. I'd like to ask if you have ideas on how to particularly help our healthcare providers or if you know of groups working on this, these issues, please let me know at my website, www.onceanurse.com or my email, leanne at onceanurse.com. 
And um, did you say your email address and your website, I mean, your website and whatever else you want them to know, Emily? Why don't you take a second here and give that? Yeah, sure. The website is www.fillupyourcupproject.com. You can find me over on Instagram at emily.mazarak. And my email, I love uh, talking with people. Send me an email at emily at fillupyourcupproject.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Those will be easy to remember. So thank you all for listening. Make it a great week and don't let anyone take it away. Thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with your host, Leanne Meyer. Be sure to join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a productive and insightful week.